What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime on a Sunday night. My name is Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. For a lot more content on the Cowboys, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. You will find plenty of insightful and quick Cowboys articles over there on the site. So make sure that you check that out. And tonight on the show, we will talk about the Cowboys getting the nod on the coaching staff by Pro Football Focus. Now, I know that PFF is controversial, but we will also dive into that question because I believe that the information that PFF puts out, it's actually pretty valuable if you make that effort of being, I don't want to say a headline reader, but if you take the information in as you're supposed to do it. And I will expand on this idea later on the show, but shout out to everyone that's joining the show right now. Thank you for being here. Edward, thank you for pointing this out. Happy Father's Day. To all the fathers right now watching primetime, I hope that you had a tremendous day. I hope that you guys received a tremendous gift as well. So shout out to all of you. But let's start this off with defensive side of the things. And, and let me shout out some people here as well. Bruce, over there on the YouTube chat, we've got Guru saying the Cowboys ranked number one ranked offense in yards total, but much was but much was versus weak NFC East teams in Atlanta, Carolina foes. Let's see. Guru is here. Uh, Samuel Rowe, MJ, Rex Morgan here for the third time. And also shout out to those who are watching via Facebook like Joel Wilson here. Now, what's one word to describe Dan Quinn's job in year one in Dallas? Because PFF gave our guy Dan Quinn the nod, and he got ranked as the second best defensive play caller in the NFL. Second best in the league, and you have to love that. You have to love Dan Quinn getting that love from PFF because, man, does he deserve it. He came in Dallas, arrived to a pretty bad defensive unit. Now, he did get way better personnel than in 2020 and and that might have been a underrated storyline I believe but how Dan Quinn took this defense and sent it over the top getting tremendous seasons from guys like Jaron Kears was pretty badass I like that word from Rex Morgan here let's see some of your words badass Bruce goes with great toxic Tom goes with godlike <laughs> Awesome for Rex. Uh, Joel Wilson going with unbelievable. MJ going with better. How did we lose in the first round to Samuel Rowe? We don't need to think about that right now, Samuel. We've got needed here as a word as well. Phenomenal. I, I'm going to go with surprising because honestly, I think that not many of us expected that to happen. And I think that those who did expect it to happen we're being maybe overly optimistic because there was very little information to really conclude that Dan Quinn was going to take the Cowboys defense and turn it into one of the very finest in the league. But Dan Quinn gets the nod, and I don't believe that will be controversial at all. But let me tell you something. I know that some people out there want Dan Quinn to get promoted. Not me. 
honestly, just let Queen handle the defense. I think that if you get him in charge of the whole operation, what made him great as a defensive coordinator with the Cowboys will not really be there anymore because Dan Queen is that teacher-like coach in football, right? And he's gotten the best out of the Cowboys players by working directly with them. And you always have to wonder, head coaching responsibilities, how much do they take away from what he's able to do right now as a defensive coordinator? So I understand the frustrations with Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and all of that, but I am all in for the Cowboys sticking with Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator for as long as they can. Do not promote him, at least not yet. I'm not fully in line with the idea of promoting Dan Quinn to head coach. Toxic Tom says, Mo, Dan Quinn said that he changed the way he coaches and stuck with it. He did it straight up lie like Mike McCarthy, says Toxic Tom. Bruce says, Mo, I think that this defense will have the uh, to be the strength of the team now. And that is a dangerous proposition in today's NFL. In today's NFL, that's a dangerous proposition. I know that some people like defense better than offense. I respect that. Defense has always been fun to watch. However, in the NFL right now, the numbers suggest that most times the teams that make it to the championship games have some of the best offenses in the league. It's more common for a championship caliber team to have one of the best offense than it is for one of these teams to have one of the top defenses. So if we go with the trends of the league, you would much rather have your offense be the strength of your team. So I like the idea of the defense being a strength, but if you ask me what would I prefer I would much rather have the constant offense. Guru here bringing up the eternal, you know, dilemma. If we do not promote Queen to head coach, then some NFL team will eventually do so. Toxic Tom says, Mo, look how our defense made constant adjustments all year while our offense did little to none. And hey, that's why no one will hate on PFF for making him the second best defensive coordinator on the rankings put together by Eric Eager. However, and we're arriving to the controversy territory now, Kellen Moore was ranked second among the best offensive play callers in the NFL. Now, react accordingly, because on this list, you've got Byron Leftwich behind Kellen Moore at number three, You have Cal Shanahan at number four. Number five, it's Sean McVay. So Kellen Moore ranked above Shanahan and McVay, who are right now leading the school of offense in the NFL. And Matt LaFleur is the sixth best. So react accordingly. And then we'll put things into perspective here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Now, Samuel Rose's Eric Vietnamese slander. Well, important to note that this is about play calling responsibilities. So although I love Eric Benemy and I'm hoping he finally gets a chance to head coach a team next year, and we've been saying that for a while now, I believe that's why we're seeing Andy Reid on the list and not him. 
because the list only took the play callers of each and every NFL team. Over McVeigh is Rex Morgan, please. Not real. This is MJ. He's not really the second best. Guru says Jerry will adore the PFF offensive coordinator rankings. And Sugar Daddy Williams says that's what the numbers say. And here is the question that we need to ask ourselves. Because Toxic Tom says, what exactly is best play callers? What does that even mean? Now, and this is what I meant at the beginning of the show, that PFF's insight needs to be taken in the proper way. Because there seems to be two screen, two schools of thought when it comes to PFF. And they're usually very extreme. Either some people take it as a religion and nothing that PFF says, nothing that PFF grades can be wrong. And, you know, PFF is a sale when it comes to NFL football. And then there are some that are just doubting everything that they put together and saying that everything that PFF does is trash. Here's the truth about PFF, in my humble opinion. They put together some pretty amazing research studies. They interpret them, and they go by what the numbers say, but they try to provide context to it. So if someone opens up this article for the best offensive or, or the best offensive play callers in the league and just scroll down to the list and find that Kellen Moore is at number two or just go by the social media post, you know, obviously they will hate on the rankings. However, when you read the method behind the putting together of the list, you find some pretty insightful information. And just to provide you with some context, of why Eric Eager places Kellen Moore as the second best in the league, here's more or less what went into that same study. And of course, they will go first and foremost by EPA per play, one of the leading efficiency metrics in the entire league. But let me read you, quote, uh, let me quote Eric Eager here. In rating offensive play callers here, we use PFF rates adjusted for opponent and scaled for age. Most recent games get the highest scale. And probably most importantly, we take into account expected points added, EPA, and success rate going into the games and plays of interest, which also controls for a situation. Now, maybe that's a little bit, you know, a lot of info on one paragraph, but I believe this is an, an important paragraph as well a team with a really good quarterback offensive line and wide receivers should have high expected points added and success rate figures going into a play so in other words this is taking into account a lot of stuff including who's playing for you who's playing for the opponent and what's going on with you and in that case Eric Eager's argument becomes that Kellen Moore, and, and remember, this is true, the formula that he put together, and his argument for Kellen Moore is that the Cowboys had some personal stuff going on over the course of the 2021 NFL season. And maybe we have forgotten a little bit about that, but it is somewhat true, right? Dak Prescott was dealing with a calf injury throughout the entire year, uh, and, you know, in the preseason, preseason, he was dealing with some other injuries, 
Michael Gallup season ended early. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott's production declined drastically after the injury. So there's some truth to that argument. And it's not like you're going to take this list and say, oh yeah, 100% Kellen Moore is going to be the second best play caller in the league. But maybe it does provide you with some insight as to maybe there's hope for Kellen Moore. And maybe, maybe we're being a little bit too early when it comes to fully dismissing him as a viable option at offensive coordinator. So I believe the question from me to you guys is, yes or no, are you holding out hope regarding Kellen Moore? And once more, I believe that if you ask Eric Eager, who put together this formula and this list, that if he believes that Kellen Moore is the second best offensive play caller in the league, he will likely answer no. But the fact that he's even ranked that high numerically should give you some level of perspective as to there's some good things about Kellen Moore to be said up to this point. Because even offensively throughout the entire year, just by going by the cold numbers, the Cowboys were among the leaders in yards per play, in success rate, in EPA. They were the seventh best offense in the entire league. So if you go by the numbers, right, you at least can make the argument that there are still reasons to be excited about him. Now, everyone will agree that what we saw in the second half for the Cowboys offense it was, it is what concerns us. We are concerned about Kellen Moore being figured out in the second half of the year. Can that change or not is what we're going to have to find out in 2022. So yes or no, are you holding out hope regarding Kellen Moore? Let's see some of your answers here. Samuel Rowe goes with no. Guru says Kellen is ranked that high with a terrible use of Pollard. Lumen goes with yes. Uh, let's see. I'm 50-50. This is Kevin Knight. Bruce got the use goes with yes. MJ says yes, he's not at his best. Like seriously. I'm tired of hope, Mo. I want results, says Michael. Hey, I can get behind that. That feeling. Rex Morgan says, I am 69, 31. Yes. Rex, that is that is a specific, specific use of numbers there. He has potential, says Bruce, if he has a counter move. Michael H goes with Lot knows he had the personnel to overcome a lit of bot coaching. Running man beaters into a zone defense is Michael H. Now, I'm going to say yes, and I talked about this before but the fact is that Kellen Moore has put this offense near the top of the league in efficiency more than once right more than once the Cowboys offense has been one of the most efficient units in the entire league I am just as concerned as you are with the lack of a scheme to fall back on when things are not going the Cowboys way I am just as concerned about how the Cowboys are using Tony Pollard. I'm just as concerned about the maybe the quarterback draw that the Cowboys ran in the playoff game versus the San Francisco 49ers. But we've, we've also seen the good stuff from Kellen Moore. We've seen the amazing play design. We've seen the creativity week over week that I know some people call it gadget plays. And I know that creativity is a thin line 
But we've seen some elements that make me believe Kellen Moore might still have it, right? Kellen Moore might... He deserves another opportunity is what I'm trying to say. So that's just me. I know that I'm in the minority here among Cowboys Nation. And I want to be very clear with this. I am still concerned about it. I am not as high on Kellen Moore as I was one year ago or two years ago. And this might be the last chance for Kellen Moore, at least in Dallas. But I would be lying if I told you that I, am, I have given up on Kellen Moore. That would be a lie from my part. And Eric Eager might have a point there. And, and I will agree that even myself, even I, was a little bit skeptical about a calf injury being a big deal for Dak Prescott. But I will admit that maybe I was wrong on that front. Yeah. The real Daryl says the offensive line will have to block better in the run and passing game for Dallas to do well this season. The one positive is no more holding penalties with number 52 gone. And hopefully Ty Tyler Smith is able to clean up that hand usage in order to really bring down that penalties number. I agree with, Kev uh, with the real Darrell right there. Now, I will say this. I will say this. When the season ended last year, we touched on, we touched on some of the troublesome trends for the Cowboys offense under Kellen Moore. And some of the takeaways that we that we found were that motion usage, right? A lot of people complain about the Cowboys not sending a lot of motion pre-snap or at the snap. And it turns out that the Cowboys actually did it at one of the highest rates in the league when throwing the football, when passing the ball. However, they were one of the teams to, to use the... I think they were ranked 27th in motion rate in the run game. And that's crazy to me because that shows some predictability from your part. And then the Cowboys were super efficient running play action, and yet they didn't come back to it as frequently as you would have liked them to. And a lot of people will say that's because, you know, if you use play action very little, you will find better results because you will take the defense by surprise. However, that's kind of a lie. And we've seen it across the NFL. You can be successful in, with play action without, quote-unquote, establishing the run. And even if you use it at a very high rate, you will still be successful with play action. So some weird stuff like that in which you go, okay, that's pretty predictable by the Cowboys. Why don't they, don't they change things up? Maybe they do. Maybe they do in, you know, 2021. I know there's bad stuff when it comes to Kellen Moore. All I'm trying to say is there's also some good stuff. Francisco says, I like Kellen Moore, but it's like when other teams adjust to what they're doing, they, act, they either can't or don't change it up, says Francisco. And I agree with that. And, and one of the things that I, that I struggle with the Cowboys offense is, and I've said this time and time again on the show, they don't seem to have something to fall back on like the Rams have white zone plays running the football outside when maybe the passing game is not working they wanted to get to find a rhythm they will run the, the ball on the white zone and the same with the 49ers and the same with for example even the Cowboys did versus the Patriots when they fell back to 12 personnel and started running the football 
But after they lost Blake Darwin, that never seemed like a real possibility for them. Michael says, so why can't Mike McCarthy then get rid of Kellen Moore and call his own place? Is that the way to go? If you are, okay, whatever, however we feel about the front office, they're betting on one offensive architect. architect. I don't think that the best scenario for the Cowboys is Mike McCarthy getting rid of Kellen Moore and calling his own place. And remember, Mike McCarthy was a good play caller for a long time until he wasn't. And he gave up the play calling duties. Ryan says, out of all our offensive weapons, I feel the most safe with Tony Pollard with the vault. It's that simple for Kellen Moore. Just get Tony the ball. I am being I am being bullish on the Cowboys finally doing so. I am betting on them to finally bet on Tony Pollard before it's too late. And by that I mean before in 2023, you don't have either Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard. I hope that they stick with one of them, but it will be hard when it comes to the contract and all of that because we know what we know about running backs. And the same will apply for Tony Pollard when the time comes, I believe. Let's see. Guru says, Moore only related to Garrett by same rhythm, time-based offense, but it ends there. What good is McCarthy there for, says Gregory? Things behind the scenes only, I believe, like, you know, coordinating the coaches, which is basically what a head coach like Mike McCarthy uh, ends up doing on this kind of head coaching role, which is like the CEO. We don't see it directly on the field because he doesn't install the offense. He doesn't install the defense, but he runs the chip pretty much. Now, make no mistake about it. Head coaches that have the CEO kind of role, they have a lot on their plate. Is it something that us fans or spectators really get to see close up? Nah, not really. But they do stuff like it's not like Mike McCarthy is just sitting there picking his nose throughout the entire week. Right. And he will likely bring up stuff to the coordinators and all of that. But I understand why a lot of fans do not like that prototype of a, of a head coach, maybe. But anyways, before we get out of here, a bit more of news. And this is from TheAthletic.com. Jerry Jones responded to Dallas's major suggestion for a second NFL team and it was a funny answer by Jerry Jones he said you can be rest assured that you would not have the NFL supporting another team because of the kind of value that the game and the NFL receives of having the Dallas Cowboys as one of its marquee teams and again logic tells you the NFL wouldn't want to water that down now California has plenty of teams, two of them in L.A. New York has two teams. So I have a question from you, for you, and we will, we will use a wider scale for this one. From 1 to 10, how likely do you think is a second NFL team in Dallas? Do some of you believe... It might happen even with Jerry Jones's resistance. Or do most of you believe there is no way 
in hell that the NFL is getting a second team, a second team in there. Because I believe that the strong, strong, strong feeling among NFL fans in general, not only Cowboys fans, is a flat-out zero. And that would be my answer. I think that there is just too much power in the Cowboys front office. And I'm not talking about regular season success or postseason success. I'm talking about, you know, the owner's world. Too much power for this to actually happen. Some of your answers here. Minus 10 from Tommy. Bruce goes with the one. Michael with the zero. MJ with the one. Zero. Rex with the zero. Renzo with the zero. Lumen with the exact 2.22. <laughs> Goodell would love to have that flex, though, says Toxic Tom. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. Now, I was thinking about this, and maybe we'll do some sort of contest here in the upcoming days. What would you call a second team in Dallas? That's something that I was thinking about earlier. But yeah, it will not happen. The Cowboys, even without a championship game in over two decades, they're still America's team. And it's weird to me that other fan bases take that the wrong way. And all of these NFL teams are constantly trying to impose a new storyline and say that, oh, the Cowboys are no longer America's team and all of that. But they always are. They always are America's team. And you see that in the ratings. You see that in the fan numbers. And Jerry Jones is one of the guys that run the show in the NFL. I don't see it happening. Some of your answers here regarding the name. <laughs> the Oilers. That would be a Lumen. Lumen is on something there, right? Titans fan representative, Lumen. The Ryan Nolts. <laughs> Bulls is MJ. The Assassins is Rex Morgan. The Assassin sounds to me like, like what I would name a team when I was playing Madden as a 10-year-old or something like that. I would come up with those kind of names, right? The Anti-Cowboys, the Lone Stars. The Lone Stars would be like something that, and I know it will never happen, but imagine if that happened, calling another Dallas team, the Lone Stars. Now that would be spitting on the Cowboys' face some way, somehow. But anyways, I will let you go for the night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. We are in off-season mode. So, you know, in what's left of June and throughout July, Believe me that we will find some good Cowboys stuff to talk about because there is not a lot going on in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. But we will make sure to provide you daily quality Cowboys content. If you ever have suggestions, you know you can hit me up on Twitter at MauNFL. Shout out to Guru. Yeah, I missed it, Rex. Honestly, I did miss it. <laughs> but I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night.
Bye-bye.